0: Welcome. You are listening to the Be A Better Being podcast hosted by Michelle Zellner and Sasha Burscheid. Michelle and Sasha are here to give you information and inspiration to help you live your healthiest, happiest lives. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. Greetings, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Be A Better Being podcast. I'm Michelle Zellner, your host, I don't have the amazing Sasha B with me today, but I have somebody who I'm gonna say is equally as amazing. I'm joined today
1: by Hannah Rarick. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing really good.
0: Wonderful. So I'm not gonna to get too much away, but if anyone has read or listened to my book, you are gonna recognize this gal. I actually wrote about her in my Movement as Medicine chapter. We go way back, just did a little bit of math and recognize that it is 20 years as of this recording. So I met Hannah in 2002. I was working at a gym, in this little town called Gunbarrel. It's just kind of the redheaded stepchild to Boulder, if you will. And I was at the front desk, but I was actually a personal trainer. And this woman came in with this blonde girl with a really sour look on her face. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. And this lady asked me if we had any personal trainers because she was looking for a trainer to work with her daughter. And I said, well, I'm a trainer. And the look of disdain that came over this young lady's face was a little bit, I was taken aback by it. It It's like, okay, I'm guessing she is not here of her own volition. However, having a little bit of conversation with her mom and obviously this young girl Hannah. It soon became obvious that this was gonna be a really special challenge for me and I was super excited about it. So I would love to hear your side of that whole story before we move on with it.
1: Okay, yeah, I was horrified when my mom told me that I had to start working out. You know, it, it felt like the end of the world to me. I couldn't stand one, having to do anything, being told to do anything. And two, I was definitely not fitness minded. Everything, you know, I'd get mad if my dad would park too far back in a parking lot from the grocery store. So it was just a a very daunting and scary thing. And then here we come in and I see you and you represent everything that I felt like I just couldn't be. You know, you were like The pretty, fit, outgoing person. And I was really starting to identify as, you know, a grumpy, maybe I want to say loser. I was sort of like just slipping into a role, just giving up on that. So it was very scary and daunting. And I definitely put on my mad protection shell.
0: (laughs) You did indeed. And then I don't know if it was the next day or the first time that we actually worked out, there was a dramatic change to Hannah. In fact, she came in with a buzz cut and blue hair. So I was looking for this girl with a long blonde ponytail and, and here comes somebody whose face looks sort of familiar I was like, wait a minute, there is a lot that's changed. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I got my work cut out for me. I know I can see how this is gonna go. <laughs> and I don't know. I just I think that made me actually adore you even more because it was clear that you were your own person. You were going to defy everything you could and you were not going to have good time no matter what. That was kind of the the aura that I could that I could tell was was following you around. But I'd like to go back even a little further. So you had just mentioned like you had started to identify as a loser. Now, 14 years old, we're talking 20 years ago, right? So can you go back into the vault and maybe just talk a little bit about your childhood, your upbringing, what that was like until you got to that point where you're 14 and now, oh my goodness, I have to go exercise.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I had a comfortable family living there in Gun Barrel, nice neighborhood, tons of pets. You know, we weren't a very social family. My parents were never very social. I had friends and, you know, we do sleepovers and whatnot, but I definitely was not a popular or cool kid, just sort of like hanging out by myself a lot. And, oh, you know, that was, if I had the shaved head, that was my first year of high school, actually. And as soon as I started going to public school, most of my friends went to Fairview. I went to Boulder High, so I just didn't really have anybody. And I, I... started just hanging out by myself and you know I was pretty bitter. I was getting horrible grades. I wasn't doing my homework. I was skipping class and you know, just really trying to find myself.
0: And do I recall correctly you have an older brother?
1: I do. Yep, five years older. And so even
0: that, not super close in age and being a brother.
1: And um, we we were never close at that point in my life. I would say we resented each other when he went off to college I forgot about him and felt like an only child and when he'd come home for the summers oh it was the worst because then I I had to go use the upstairs bathroom because you know he couldn't tolerate me in his spaces you know he was a bit of a bully brother back then it wasn't until my early 20s when we actually got along and now we get along great and love each other absolutely but you know our whole childhood there was no closeness there's lots of yep. dead arms and doogies and whatnot. So
0: I, I just very clearly remember, you know, you coming two or three times a week. I think we worked a couple times a week together. And at some point, you started wearing pajama bottoms to work out. So we gave you the nickname Hannah Pajama. Everybody loved you. There was a group of people who worked out at roughly the same time. I'll, I'll give a shout out to Dennis Murray. He was another one of my clients. Who I believe worked out right before you did, so y'all saw each other in passing, or if he was there on his own while you were training, and he just grew to really like you as well. And we all saw you literally transform before our eyes. I should have probably warned the listeners. I'm probably gonna cry during this <laughs> during this conversation because people, as a, so, I've been a personal trainer for literally a million years, and people often ask me what's my biggest success story. And I'm going to spoil it right now and tell everybody that Hannah is my bi- my biggest success story, not because of any kind of physical goals that she met, but because she literally grew into a incredible human being and seeing what she came to me as, and then seeing what she grew into. I mean, she is the epitome of a better being, which is why I'm, I have her on this podcast. So if you could, Hannah, just tell the listeners a little bit about how you started to make that shift, whether it was because of exercise or what exercise did or what even coming to that gym in Gun Barrel with people who saw you regularly and gave you attention, positive attention, like what did that do and how did that play out over months and years?
1: hmm. I think it. It made me realize that I don't have to be just like people for those people to like me because, you know, I was pigeonholing myself as a loner and a loser because I wasn't like any of the people I would see in magazines or on TV. So I was like, okay, well, I'm other. But then being accepted into that community and even very begrudgingly having fun, I started to see, oh, you know, like I'm just me and people are okay with it. People are smiling at me. People are being nice. People are helping me, you know. So I was starting to feel that transition. And then as we all know, working out, you actually get those good endorphins and it, it, you know, it changes your brain chemistry a little bit. So I was like literally feeling the physical effects of it and seeing that I had something under control. I really had a lot of body image problems at that point in my life. And so to see like, oh, with hard work, I'm not only feeling better, but I'm looking a little bit better. And um yeah, it was it was an eye opener. It gave me something to do instead of just watching TV, which was my main activity in those days. So yeah, it was it was kind of exciting as I as I started to feel all these effects that, you know, intention on yourself can give you.
0: And what did that do like for your confidence and for how you interacted with people at school with your family members? Did did that have any impact on that?
1: It did. Yeah. Instead of feeling like no one understands me, grumble, grumble. I'm just going to keep to myself. It was now here's a thing to talk about, you know, like that a lot of people can identify with or are interested in. So I was more confident being like, oh, yeah, you know, I was I was working out the other day and. You know, it's kind of an icebreaker a little bit conversationally. And then just, you know, also feeling better and feeling better physically Then I was able to sort of ditch my super baggy clothes that I was always hiding under and kind of experiment with fashion more, which did become, you know, a bit of a hobby of mine. I still alter clothing to this day. Yeah. So it gave me a lot of room, a lot of room to explore and come out from under my little grumpy rock.
0: I love that. Yeah, I I always wish I could like really go back and hover over that time and make actual notes like this is the day that there was that shift. Mm -hmm. Um, It probably didn't happen like that, but it feels like one day a a switch was just literally flipped and here came in a whole different person from the for the workout. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I would say as you grew and we continued to work together throughout high school right? Um, And remembering correctly. And then even post high school or, you know, post your graduation, we had some other communication as well. I remember, and this is why, this is why I say you're my, my biggest success story is I don't remember why we were having this conversation. You and I had some very, very deep conversations while we were working out. We had some really hard conversations and I wasn't always like, oh, Hannah, you're right. It's OK. Sometimes I was a tough love role. And yet hearing your perspective of why you were thinking or you know, why you were mad at your mom that day or what you didn't like about how you were raised and where you were, I think I offered a little bit of different perspective and, and maybe yeah. took the side of parents a few times that you maybe weren't expecting because we did have a friendship situation. I wasn't that old. I was only 10 years old. Older than you, roughly, right? Mm -hmm. So, in the scheme of it, that's not—I certainly wasn't old enough to be your mom. So, it it really wasn't a huge age difference. And yet, seeing you mature and grow, it it did develop into a friendship. But one day, I still can see it in my brain. You were sitting on the sled press, the leg press machine, and we were talking about something really difficult. And you looked at me and you said, "You know, you saved my life, right?" And I mean, like, still, I get chills and I want to cry about that because no, I I didn't know that. Actually, can you share a little bit about where that came from and and what you meant by that with people?
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it was I like talking to you was different than anything else I had. I felt like adults were disciplinarians. I was always in trouble at school. Like usually, if I was going to be open with an adult, it was like because I was in trouble, or there was a risk of that, or my parents were going to be told. And then talking to friends, you know, we're all just like, yeah, parents are the worst. And you can't really get, you can't really get a full picture and grow much if everyone's just being a yes man for you. And so here you were, who you were a little bit older, but like you said, our age was that different. So you were a little bit more of a peer, but not really. I mean, what is that role? I don't you it, were more it, relatable. And it yeah, was it, it was definitely
0: an interesting dynamic. I mean, certainly, uh-huh. you know.
1: Yeah, you and were even for me, Oh, because most
0: of my clients were my age or older. Mm-hmm. Right? So here's this little teenager coming into my life and not having, you know, teenagers around my life at all. It was you were a very unique and special client relationship as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you would disagree with my opinions that I like about my situation it was easier for me to actually hear what you had to say versus being like you know stubborn and protecting myself i didn't have to do that with you it was an open safe place to talk and to, you know like you know listening to your advice it was it was different than any advice i was getting and it really did help bring me out of my shell in that time it really made me have to look at things from different angles and if I can't just focus all my hate at my parents and hear someone saying, they don't need that. like that's not warranted. Well, then that's great because then that's diffusing the hate a little bit, making me actually think about it. Because, you know, like being a hateful, resentful person doesn't feel good. It's not good for anybody involved in that. So it was really nice to have that other perspective. And, yeah, I think it really, you know, it did really save my life it wedged me out of where I was going. I I was hanging out on, before I met you, I was hanging out on Pearl street in front of the courthouse with the bums and, you know, just really not making good choices. And I was hanging out with people who thought the same as me, who resented their upbringing and thought they had it the worst. And, you know, you're a little bit of a ray of sunshine that I was like, Oh, maybe there is, there is like a way out of this.
0: I don't know that you thought of me as a ray of sunshine at that time.
1: <laughs> I know this. This is reflection. I there, there was definitely mixed feelings with coming to see you because working out was so hard. But then we did become friends, and we did have good conversations,
0: and we laughed. I I remember people just loving your smile because no matter how hard you were going to try to not have fun, you smiled every every time. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and, and I think that's just a a testament to being in a nurturing environment and doing something good for yourself and your body and physically and mentally and all of that. And like you said, having different people around you that do have a different perspective and maybe can poke at you in a loving, but in like a tough, loving kind of way. So then you can hear it differently. And there was one thing I remember when we started, I told you that I would never tell your parents anything you told me in confidence was going to stay in confidence unless I thought you were really putting yourself in danger. And I did have one of those conversations with your parents at one point, you know, and it, it did stem from you really being upset. Your parents are the worst people in the world because they won't let you hang out with the homeless people on Pearl Street. And I I just remember that hearing you say that and thinking, wow, I need to shake this girl in some sense into her because this isn't going to end well. This isn't who she is. And this is, she has so much more to give.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I think just allowing for those hard conversations, you know, it's a testament to you at that age that you were open to receiving a different perspective. I think we all go through things like that. I was a teenager and I thought my parents were, I didn't give, I didn't want to care what they thought and was mad at things that they said and did. But we all, I also grew up in a very different place. I grew up in small town, Wisconsin, right? Boulder is a little bit different. It's a different kind of place. It's a different kind of upbringing. And you know, when you have this resentment and this feeling like you don't fit in anywhere, so I'm going to go fit in and make myself fit in, even if it isn't really a healthy environment, it can, I think, be very easy for, for kids to fall into that. And the fact that you were even willing to allow me to talk with you the way I talked with you and that you contemplated it and you thought about it and it changed your perspective is really a testament to who you, Hannah, are at the core and so the pride in me, it, it really is there when I continue to kind of stalk you on Facebook. So, if we fast forward a few years now, you know, you're graduating, you're, you're off to do whatever, not really sure you had started getting really creative with glass blowing and with the, the sewing and things like that, super talented creatively. And, you know, but didn't really exactly know, you still, you still wanted to live out of a van. I remember that for sure. That was your dream was to just go live out of a van. And we lost a little bit of touch. I had moved to Denver. You were now in your 20s. And we did reconnect a little bit here and there. Remember, we you were out for a concert and stayed at my house afterwards being mm-hmm. your girlfriend. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Maybe like your first big night out in the city. Yeah, right?
1: that was so much fun. I remember, I think we did we get fast food? I just remember it just kind of being like a, a really silly sort of hangout.
0: I think we went to the 7-Eleven down the corner and got a whole bunch of junk food is what I recall. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there were, you know, there were those years and then of course my life was changing, your life was changing and we'll, we'll fill in some of those blanks and then we'll we'll kind of wrap this up because I do want to have a separate conversation. But fill in some of those blanks for me and for anyone
1: listening as well. Yeah, you know, I did, like through the rest of the way, or through high school, I just kind of became more and more open to the world and started having more fun. I did end up going to a little private school. That really helped just being with 50 other kids, and we were all really open and grew together. So, like, by the end of high school, I no longer felt like a loner. I definitely felt... Identified as a social, happy person. And like you mentioned, I was starting to blow glass and really making a career out of it and having a lot of fun. That opened me up socially too because I would, you know, have to deal with customers. And so that was good. I really didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. I thought, oh, everyone goes to college. So, and, you know, my parents were going to pay for college. So, I did go to a year at a small Colorado school, Colorado Mountain College in Steamboat, to study business and art, but I mean, I stopped making art and selling it to do it, and I just, I wasn't very academic, you know, so when getting back into that college setting, I didn't quite vibe with it, so I came out of it, just went full into glass blowing, and then I decided to move to the West Coast and just pursue art. For a living
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, doing it quite well, I recall I was I was secretly stalking you on Facebook. you know, at, at some point you're disconnected for so long and then it feels a little weird, like intrusive to just jump right back in. but I kept an eye on you for sure. And 2018, I was writing my book, and I knew that I wanted to tell your story at the end of Movement is Medicine is the chapter. And I just wanted, I always close it with a final thought. And I, I really wanted your story in there. So I remember I was going to reach out to you on Facebook and just get your permission to use your story. And when I first found you again, after probably a, a couple of years of not really dipping in, I was, oh my God, shattered by what I saw. And I'm going to leave it at that because we are going to continue this conversation for another episode. Because if I think and if what you've heard, listeners, you think Hannah is a better being because of the first part of her life. I promise you it is nothing compared to what you're going to hear when we have the following conversation and the follow up conversation. So, Hannah, I'm going to ask you to hang tight. I'm going to just close this one out, everybody. Thank you for listening. You know, if nothing else, I hope you've been inspired for either yourself or maybe you have some young, younger people in your life, teenagers, even preteens, to truly help and nurture them, to expose them to things that are good for them physically, that are good for them mentally and emotionally as well. I absolutely believe movement is medicine on so many levels. And you've just heard literally from somebody who lived that, How it helped to completely shape her sense of worth, her sense of self, her sense of belonging, her confidence literally blossomed into a a better being. And so if you are not actively, actively engaged in consistent exercise or finding some kind of passion that involves movement, I am going to strongly encourage you to embrace that. So that is it. We wrap up this, this one. Stay tuned for the next one. Hannah will be right back and we're going to have the follow-up conversation in just a moment. So thanks everybody for listening. In the meantime, of course, go and be a better being. Thank you for listening to the Be a Better Being podcast. Michelle and Sasha hope that what you heard today inspires you to embrace this journey of life with an open mind, a kind heart, and a willingness to learn and evolve. If you enjoyed the content, please help spread their message by subscribing, sharing, and leaving a five-star review. If you have a show topic idea or would like to be a guest, please visit betterbeings.net and fill out a contact form. Until next time, go and be a better being.